Welcome to the InsureTech Australia podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Dobson, and today I'm sharing the mic with co-founders of Centro, Mr. Rob Ellis and Mr. Hans Brownlob. Centro is a core group insurance policy admin platform. Come, listen in. Okay, today I am thrilled to have Rob and Hans from Centro join us on today's podcast. And they're both from Centro, which is based in New Zealand, but has global aspirations. And uh, Centro has customers and partners in Singapore, New Zealand and Canada. And the Centro platform has been lauded for being both customer-centric and technically modern. And your partners have described your team as being innovative in the way that you think. So behind the case studies and those very positive headlines, would you tell us a little about the key drivers that led you to found Centro? And I'll start with you, Rob. Thanks, Vanessa, and uh, it's great to be here. And uh, thank you for the kind comments. Um, We had an antecedent business to Centro that included group insurance, uh, but was more focused on employee benefits for small businesses. And we were very focused on the employer and the employee and solving the problem for the time poor small business owner wanting to offer benefits to their people. We, we still run that business today, but we realized during that time that insurers had a much bigger problem with how they manage corporate uh, group policy administration. Uh, and that problem you know, manifested issues for them in lots of ways and efficient work practices. Um, and ability to innovate and differentiate. And, and given all of that, it was also very difficult to become truly customer-centric. So, so one driver for us from the outset was recognising the market need and, and real problem and pain point that needed solving. Um, well, that was probably more of a hypothesis at the beginning um, from our point of view and, and, um, and our background to that point, but it turned out to be true, thankfully. Um, so we always look at everything through the eyes of the end customer um, the insured member, and that, that really um, permeates everything we do, I guess. Uh, our mission is to make it easy for employers to look after their people. So that's been a driver from day one, and, and it really seems to resonate as well with our with corporate group insurers. Yes, and that uh, point that you made there around making it easy for employers to engage with their people, <clears throat> uh, really key pain point across the board certainly from my observations. It, it certainly is. And in fact, we're seeing, uh, we're seeing more and more um, demand side, I guess, you know, the, the customers of, of group insurers demanding higher and higher levels of um, service and, and um, capability for their people, particularly, for an example, um, mm. you know, requiring an employee portal uh, as part of the solution, as a, as a mandatory requirement, you know, so the insurer can't even bid for the business unless they've got that. Um, that's that's different to you know even two or three years ago, certainly five years ago. Yes, absolutely, uh, and quite a challenge, I believe, for some of the uh, insurers to accommodate. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, if I can just jump in here, Rob, sure. you're you're spot on, and certainly what we've seen pretty consistently all around the world, really, from insurers and uh, major brokerages that we speak with, is historically group administration has been really focused on the production of invoicing and policy documentation, which is obviously necessary. Uh, But because of that focus on those two functions, what's been absent is uh, a facility to allow partners and customers to self-serve and contribute to that whole service chain. So, 
that for us is the real missing piece. And as Rob said, uh, when we thought about Centro, we started from the insured member backwards. And we realized that if we're going to make things easier for the employer, and if we're going to make it easier for the employee, that we also have to make it easier for the broker, and we have to make it easier for the insurer administering the thing. And unless we're answering every part of that service chain, we're not actually delivering that ease and improvement for everybody. So you can't really offer a an employee portal unless you've got tight integration to the back-end policy administration. Otherwise, you're just putting uh, an artificial, um, you know, kind of lipstick on something that is not connected to the back end. I love that you've mentioned that, that entire value chain, uh, the need to meet the needs of every person, if you like, or every organization along that chain is so yeah. key. Uh, and occasionally we see offerings that uh, sort of, to your point, fix a, a little problem at the point A, uh, but doesn't speak to all of the other challenges down the chain or up the chain. That, that's absolutely right. And 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 perhaps one of the reasons why um, the area, area of group insurance or corporate group insurance um, has been neglected for so long uh, in terms of modernization and innovation because it's uh, it's really complex. You know, you've got all these different um, players in the in the value chain and you've got two customers effectively, the employer and the employee. Um, but you know that's changing massively, and and all parties in that value chain need to be well served and well looked after, and in, in a seamless uh, way. Yes, and perhaps we already know your thoughts on this statement, given what you've just shared. But uh, there was a quote from one of a, a Harvard professor saying that disruption starts with unhappy customers, not technology. What are your views on that? Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And if I could put a slight spin on that, uh, not from the Harvard professor, but from another um, sort of innovation expert that I was, uh, I went to a session and listened to him and he was an inventor by trade. And uh, his point was, invention is easy. You just follow somebody around all day and see what they're having trouble doing. Um, And if you look at group insurance in that uh, regard, when you look at operations teams and group insurers, things that they consistently have difficulties with are new plan renewals, uh, new plan installations, updating customer information. And so you look for those kind of friction points all the way down that service experience. And if you can solve many of them, um, then to me, that's what innovation is. So um, it's, it's, not rocket science. It's really fixing somebody's problems <laughs> and um, and doing it in a way that is intuitive, I guess. Yeah, which aligns with all of the human-centered design approach and design thinking, etc. Right? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think the the other thing, just to add to Hans's comments, often the problem with so-called disruption is that too often tech companies, especially start with a technology solution and then look for customers for that product or solution. You know, effectively, they're looking for a problem to solve after having created a solution uh, rather than first look for the um, look for the problem and then build a solution right around that, right? So it's like that maxim, if the only tool you've got is a hammer, every problem looks like a nail, you know, whereas actually true disruption often gets conflated with what's actually innovation and continuous improvement. And mm. there's no doubt that it's very hard for corporates like insurance companies to disrupt themselves. And the way they sometimes do that is to acquire a company that's already disrupting uh, in their space, but that doesn't always seem well either. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, it's uh, ultimately about solving customers' problems and, and helping them be much more successful. Now, you mentioned briefly earlier in your opening statements, Rob, around your customers, and so you're, you're interacting with a few players along that service chain or value chain. Uh, could you elaborate a little more on how or in what ways your customers drive what the Centro team does on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, great, great question. Um, we think about this a lot, uh, our customers. We, we truly believe uh, in being customer-centred and, and customer-obsessed in a way, and we believe that we are. Uh, as you mentioned right at the top of the, um, um, the podcast, we have customers today in New Zealand, Singapore, and Canada, and, and they're all insurance companies or carriers. Um, we, we'd also like um, brokers as customers too, um, another important um, member of the, the value chain and the service delivery uh, and most of our customers today are in life and health, in the life and health business, Although, which are the main types of business for group insurance. Um, although we do have a customer that has a personal group cyber insurance product, which is really interesting and innovative. Um, but in the ways that we, our customers drive what we do every day, you know, fundamentally as a highly customer-centric business, we're always very close to our customers and see ourselves and they see us as, as a part of their team, really an extension of their team. And and because of this, we're we're really highly attuned to their needs, uh, whether that's on a day-to-day operational basis uh, or when we're prioritizing new product features and functionality. You know, we're absolutely not the software provider that uh, just hands over the keys to the to the platform uh, with some training and, and you know documentation and stuff and leads the customer to it. We're we're very much we very much want to work and do work hand in glove uh, with our customers as an extension as an extension of their team. So that obsession with um, how do we make our customers more successful every day in different ways and and being really close to them on that uh, daily basis almost uh, at times <laughs> is, uh, is, a, is a key part of that. Okay, and to understand your team, we're going to talk a little further about them in a, in a moment, but uh, how, how large is your team now? Where are people based? What's the different type of skill sets that you have? Yeah, yeah there's, go on, go, sorry. No, I'll take that, Rob. Yeah, there's, there's, there's 12 of us, and so most of us are based in Auckland, New Zealand, uh, but we do have uh, team members in, in Canada. Um, where Rob touched on earlier, we have a customer in Canada. Um, we work uh, even before COVID came along. Um, we were working as a as a highly remote team, and so being a cloud native platform using uh, cloud tools to run our business, we can literally work from anywhere um, and do. And uh, that's given us great advantage. So when COVID did come along, it was really um, I wouldn't say a benefit. COVID was awful, but uh, it didn't interrupt our business flow in the way that we worked one dot. Um, we were able to carry on exactly as we were. So our team, our skill sets are a mix of engineering, um, of uh, customer success focus, um, the backgrounds of the team. We've worked in different industries. Rob's worked in telecommunications. I've worked in uh, in, in retail and, and banking. Um, our developers have worked in applications uh, ranging from payments to um, uh, other electronic commerce technologies. So as a group, 
Um, and this comes back to the point that Rob was making. Um, all of us have got experience around technology enabling enterprise business. And uh, so we can think industrial scale, uh, which is required in group insurance, but uh, we're also really, really empathetic to um, businesses and small employers. And so we've got, I think, a really nice blend of really switched on technical expertise from a technical point of view. Our platform is easily the most modern um, architecturally group insurance platform. It's fully cloud native. We have no legacy on-premises. We don't do on-premises. We're Microsoft Azure based. And so from a technical perspective, our platform is the best and most modern group platform architecturally on the market, bar none. Um, and as far as an experience base goes, uh, we've got high empathy with our customers and the kinds of things that they need to do, both in a business sense as well as a technical sense. So even though we're a small team, um, we're all really, and we were talking with the team literally about this earlier today, one of the things I love about our team is that every one of them uh, is focused on solving a customer problem every day, which is cool. Very cool. I, and as you mentioned, it seems like a really nice blend of skills and experience. Uh, I'm always fascinated when, when people, especially outside of the insurance industry, come in to solve issues that they've identified within it. It's a great story. Okay, we touched a little on partnerships, and I wanted to dig deeper there for a moment Uh so we all understand that building partnerships in order to deliver value is highly important. Uh, but for Centro, what has partnering looked like so far? And what attracted you to the partners you have established relationships with? Yeah, I'll, um, I'll answer that one, Vanessa. We, you know, we see partnerships as really being fundamental to our ongoing success. Um, you know, I absolutely agree with your statement that um, the importance of building partnerships to deliver value is is one of the one of the most important keys to success. I guess where we've partnered most, uh, as, as a real example, is in Canada. Today, we've been working with an amazing company called Hold Exchange there, and they have a financial a large um, financial services and insurance uh, industry network. And we've done one business in Canada through Hold, uh, and, and the things that have attracted us. Um, to them and to our various other partners is that they they get Centro, they really understand what we're trying to do and what we're trying to achieve and and that they genuinely feel excited and, and can get as passionate about that as we do. So there's really strong alignment, I guess, culturally and philosophically about um, how we would work together and, and, and why we would work together. Uh, you know, I think having that sort of collaborative mindset and, and organisational culture is really important. Uh, we're even ourselves are even happy to collaborate with our competitors where where it makes sense. So I I think that the world would be a far better place if there was a lot more collaboration between players within industries and across industries, but certainly within an industry um, for the greater good. You know that sort of um, saying that all ships rise with the with the tide, and I, I think that we we can do a lot more of that than than we. Have, has ever been done in the insurance sector. And I, I, I really believe strongly that organisations like InsureTech Australia can can massively um, enable and facilitate that kind of um, 
sea change that's required and, and more collaboration and more more partnerships in, in the industry. But you know, for us coming back to Centro, uh, you know, we're we're also choosy about who we partner with, and you know, some of those criteria I guess I, I described are, are reasons behind that. But um, you know, one example, we're very careful about partnering with large consulting and kind of SI systems integration firms. Um, you know, never say never, but you know, we don't ever want to be a business as Centro um, with a heavy professional services component like some of our competitors might be. Uh, we want to be lean and nimble and work closely with our partners, uh, with our partners and our customers to deliver value as fast as possible and uh, and as um, cost effectively as possible. Yeah, and if I could add to that too in terms of key partnerships, uh, one technical choice that we made early was to partner with Microsoft. We're a Microsoft partner. We're platformed on Microsoft Azure. Microsoft is an incredibly important partner for us. Um, we've seen the uh, recent excitement, and we share that excitement around uh, the potential of generative AI. Uh, Microsoft has made an enormous investment in open AI and a big commitment to uh, facilitating AI-based technologies. And so we, as Microsoft partners, uh, really look to leverage the benefit of that. Uh, Microsoft, Microsoft is making a big bet on AI. Uh, I think the insurance world is already using AI technologies and are really excited about the potential. We share that excitement. We can see how that can really improve the service experience for employers for and customers. We're building features and functionality into Centro as we speak uh, to leverage some of these things. So in terms of partnerships, there's business partnerships. There are technical partnerships. As Rob said, we're choosy about who we partner with. Uh, but uh, we realize absolutely when we meet up, we made our choice to be group specialists. We knew that from day one, we were going to have to be really good at partnering with others because our customers are going to be running different lines of business and different systems. And so we needed to be good at a business level as well as a technical level on working with others. Yeah, great point, especially in the in the group insurance space. Uh, and when it comes to, you know, funding your business, uh, may I ask how, how that's come about? Is this a bootstrap uh Startup, uh, how have you have you needed to partner in that sense? We're uh, so we're three years in now as Centro. Uh, we're um, privately owned company and we're funded privately. Um, investments from um, Hans and myself, obviously, but uh, but also private investors, most of whom are in this part of the world. Uh, but we also have investors in uh, in the US and Canada, and. Uh, uh, we wouldn't say we're, we're bootstrapped in the classic sense of it, but we are certainly a lean, mean um, uh, operating machine as far as uh, being highly cost efficient and uh, getting the, the best value we can from um, from, the, from the funding that we have. Of course, we have revenues from customers, which uh, you know is one of the things that um, any, any business strives for, of course, as early on as possible as a startup, and uh, so we're very pleased to have made some, you know, good progress on that front with continued growth there. So going forward, a combination of you know, probably some further investment and funding coming into the business, but you know, one of our goals in this uh, 12-month period is actually to get to cash flow break even as a business, so that we're beyond the um, the requirement for external funding, and we can be truly bootstrapping from there if if, if we choose not to get further investment. Yes. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. It's often a question, you know, as I'm sure you've encountered when you're speaking with other startups, you know, how did you, how did you fund yourselves? How did you get there? Who's invested? Those yeah. kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. 
It ain't easy. It ain't easy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, look, you shared about the your team makeup, if you like, and the, the different skills. So when you are building the Centro team or as you have been building it, what are the two top qualities you are looking for in potential candidates? No, that's a fantastic question. And I think really um, more than technical ability, it's more attitude. So, you know, for for a new team member coming into, you know, the central family, really the kinds of things that we look for is really their attitude and willingness to learn. So um, technical things can be, be taught, <laughs> uh, but you can't teach attitude. So I would say, you know, what are the two most important things? Um, the the most important thing is attitude and the second most important thing is attitude. Well put. Anything to add there, Rob? Yeah, uh, I completely agree with Hans. You know, I, I for me, I guess the two most important things, and attitude absolutely fits into the first, uh, is, is culture fit, um, if you will, will with, the, with the business and what we're, um, the mission that we're on, and also true empathy for the customer. You know, I'll take those two things um, any day over wanting a 100% match on skills and experience. And, uh, you know, it's absolutely about that can-do, positive attitude, uh, a, a really good work ethic and the ability to ride the ups and downs of startup life um, and to have fun along the way. Uh, absolutely, and the empathy for the customer is is you know, it's, easy, it's easy to say, uh, and it's easy to put on a you know job description. But in reality, you you know we look for people, and we have a wonderful team who are, who truly care about the customer. And that's not just a um, one of the list of our values of the company. It's you know, it's a uh, fundamental requirement to to, to work with with um, me and Hans and the team to to have that true care for the customer. Yes, vitally important. Uh, and you mentioned briefly there the ups and downs of startup life. Mm. Uh, how do you, if you're willing to share, how do you ride mm-hmm. that out uh, perhaps as a team or, you know, you two in particular? Uh, and what does what does that look like? Yeah, well, that's, that's a great question and you're right i mean i've seen um, founders describe startup life as a roller coaster and it absolutely is you know there are big ups and big downs and uh, you can't predict any given day what the big up or the big down might be um i think you know for for rob and i as as co-founders you know this is where we we lean on each other a lot (laughs) we can um uh, you know we can share um you know, joys and frustrations pretty openly. And that translates to the team. We're super transparent with the entire team about where the business is at. Uh, we get the team together twice a week and we're really letting them know um, kind of where things are at at a business sense, things that are percolating. And we're very open and transparent about that. And I think that helps a lot is that uh, uh, everybody is really aware there's no surprises about what's coming down the pipe. Um, and they know that they will get the straight story from Rob and I about where we're at on that. Um, and then the other thing, and it's, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but, you know, if you're going to be uh, successful in a startup, you got to be resilient. You know, you got to figure out a way to do something. And um, if you are the kind of person that gives up easily on something, um, then startup life is not for you. <laughs> it's just, you know, you, you need to be able to hang in there cope with a problem, figure it out, deal with it, and, and progress. And uh, 
um, without tooting my own horn, I used to compete in sport. I actually represented New Zealand in the Olympics and curling. And, you know, you got to kind of battle through to get better. And you're going to win some, you're going to lose some, you're going to learn lessons. But uh, if you give up the first time you lose, then, you know, the game's over. <laughs> so it's the same in a business. You need to uh, take the losses, learn from them, do better the next time. Uh, and that's kind of what keeps you in the game. And in the type of area that we're operating and we're selling enterprise software to insurance companies, right? The, this is a, a slow decision-making process, carefully thought through big consequence decision. So you need to be in there for a long time, building trust and learning and being transparent. And so that just kind of goes with the turf really. Yeah, I, I just I, I completely agree with Hans there, and I think just back to his um, sort of initial comments, where I, I feel really blessed that that Hans and I have such a good um, relationship that we can be so open and, and transparent with each other. We we think about things differently, but we have you know very very similar aligned values and beliefs about where the business needs to go and um, how we should go about that. That uh, you know. I, I can't remember who it was, but um, someone I was speaking with not that long ago who's a founder on their own, and, and they were very envious of, of the fact that, uh, you know, we were co-founders, and and, and that's something that, uh, you know, any um, someone looking at starting a business up, you know, it's something good to consider. If you can find the right partner who's, uh, um, who's going to be in it for the long haul as well and has that patience, the resilience and persistence to... Um, to, to make it through through what will inevitably be some big ups and big downs, uh, it's going to be a lot easier than on your own. That said, uh, it was funny, I was reminded as we were talking, um, Vanessa, you might remember this, at the InsureTech Live event um, in Sydney in a few weeks ago, uh, one of the panels, uh, the moderator asked, um, I think it was Catherine Wood from Handy, if she had any advice for aspiring founders, her, her immediate res response was, don't do it, which made Hans and I both laugh out loud. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's not the faint-hearted. No, it certainly isn't. And I'm uh, honestly quite, um, I admire a lot many of the startup founders that I've met over the past several years. And, and I have observed, to your point earlier, those who have a, co-founder or someone you know who, who's kind of like the right hand the wingman or if you like the right hand person that they can lean on at least um, to have those discussions but also to share that journey and really dig deep in the stories there seems to be uh, a greater level of resilience I think uh, and, and because of that relationship uh, providing that level of strength um, the last podcast we did was with Rachel Olney from Geosite she was also at the InsureTech live event last week and she also said uh, in the podcast people have asked her you know you know they're saying I'm going to start a business and she her first line is don't do it <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yes I, I, I can see um, why there is that um, piece of advice at a certain point uh, yeah. thank you for sharing so openly about that uh, now you mentioned briefly Hans about you know uh, learning from the lessons that you face. So I wonder if you mm. could tell us about perhaps some key lessons learned in the Centro journey to date. Uh, and interestingly, if there's been any advice that you have ignored. Yeah, well, we've certainly, uh, I'll start with the first part of the question. So lessons that we've learned along the way um, is it's, it's 
it's fantastic to have a capable and flexible platform, but really what it's about for the customer at the end of the day is what they can do with that platform. And so that's way, way more important than the technical capability of the platform itself. Sounds obvious, but, you know, that's really, you know, the lived experience. And that's really oriented our, the entirety of our company's thinking really from the early days on, you know, it's, it's not about the technical capabilities of the platform. It's how does our customer use that platform to serve their customers better? And that's really been guiding us daily and continues to. Um, Advice that we've ignored? Um, yeah, I think that it's entirely valid to say that there's been advice that we've ignored. I talked about on-premises as kind of a technical thing, for example. Um, thankfully, we've never had a customer ask us, you know, could we run central on-premise in our data center? Um, the answer to that would be no, you know, no, you can't. Uh, and so uh, you do need to um, kind of make some choices and be kind of true to what you are. Um, there'd be lots and lots of people advice, you know, can you do retail on your platform? Can you do this on your platform? Could you do this on your platform? And the answer to that is, well, sure. You know, if you threw time and effort and expenditure at it, you could, um, the better question is, should you? <laughs> so, you know, uh, and Rob and I and our team have really, I wouldn't say made peace. You know, we're, we're actually excited that, you know, the longer that we look at this group insurance segment that we are specialized and laser focused on, the more we hear from people in the industry, potential customers, partners, investors, is that there aren't many people really aiming at that. And so for us being true to our lane, <laughs> you know, group is the thing for Centro and enabling group administration is what Centro is all about. And we're going to be best in the world at that is something that we're really disciplined. And so if somebody comes along and says, yeah, well, you know, we could do this too. Yeah, that's great. But we're going to stay here because that's really where we're building our uh, domain knowledge, our specialization, but most importantly, our empathy with our customers and uh, it's so much fun every day seeing a customer saying we're able to actually bid this kind of business or offer this kind of uh, offering into the marketplace because we've got confidence that we can run it on your platform. That's like the best day in the world for us when we hear things like that. And it, se- it seems like the part of the trick, if you like, is knowing what to say no to as well as mm-hmm. what to say yes to. Yeah, it's yeah. easy to say yes to things, right? You know, you, know, you should do that. You should do this. You talk to this person. You should look at that market. Yeah, it's really easy to say. <laughs> We're trying to be really disciplined. We're a small team. And so being laser focused on group, focusing on uh, key priority markets, focusing in particular around uh, sub-segments of that market where we think Centro is a fantastic fit. We're great for mid-size insurers. We're great for mid-market brokers. Being really deliberate about that is uh, it's kind of essential if you're not then you just run out of minutes in the day yeah and the runway's often short right so discipline will be key <laughs> runway is always short but it's less about the runway it's more around what you can actually achieve and so if you're trying 48 things at the same time you know you might move the needle on 46 of those 48 things by two millimeters if you're focusing on four things instead of 48 then your chances of moving those four things along are so much stronger so it's less about runway it's actually more about making progress mm, mm, excellent point okay so we're about three years in with centro is it where you imagined it might be? That's a 
that's a great question. Um, honestly, yes and no, um, but, but thankfully mostly yes, and, and actually better than I could have hoped. If I think about our goals, my goals three years ago when we launched, I'd you know, probably has liked to have had a few more customers by now, but, but actually, um, I'm also really quietly very chuffed about what we've achieved in those three years. Um, you know, we've got seven customers in three different markets. We're growing, generating good and growing revenues. We have a wonderful team. Um, and importantly, we've learned, uh, and, and had reinforced beyond a shadow of a doubt, really, that we are addressing a big problem in the market and paying for our customers. And there's still a huge amount of opportunity out there for, for Centro. Anything to add to that, Hans? Yeah, I just echo what Rob said, right? So, you know, the, I touched earlier, you know, this is, I think what we didn't appreciate enough at the beginning, which is kind of ironic because both Rob and I have both worked in corporates and done corporate procurement, you know, is the speed of decision making. So um, the, uh, you know, we knew the insurance industry moved slowly. We knew the corporates moved slowly. You know, this is just a fact. And, uh, you know, it's, it's cheated home to us every day. So it's a patience game. Um, but Saying that, uh, as Rob said, you know, if I think about some of our customers, partners life here in New Zealand uh, who migrated onto our platform off of a TPA, um, they're going enormously well. Their group business is growing. And, you know, to me, they're a fantastic example of the kind of insurer worldwide uh, that would benefit from a solution like ours, that they're thinking about their group business aggressively. Uh, they're differentiating through being able to stand up um, customized products and product offerings to their customers. They're using our platform as an enabler. That everything that we'd aspired Centro to be uh, in terms of a proposition for a customer like Partners Life. So that really encourages us and that drives us to keep going because we know there are many, many, many insurers out there that have got those types of aspirations. It's a matter of us being able to reach them. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, that is encouraging and a great story about partners' life as well. Uh, earlier, you each mentioned your how much value you place in one another and in your partnership in this business. Uh, during the evolution of Centro, what what else have you been grateful for? Well, for me, there's there's two, and it's hard to separate the two. Um, things I'm most grateful for, unquestionably our customers and, and our team. Uh, you know, if I think about it from a customer side, especially our early customers like Pinnacle Life and, and Delta Insurance, who you know, took a leap of faith um, day one uh, with us and have remained true, loyal and, and highly supportive friends of Centro, uh, along, along with all our other customers, as, um, you know, as Hans has mentioned, including Partners Life, who are owned by Daiichi. Um, you know, and then the team, we're, we're growing, but we're still a small team and I'm incredibly grateful for their passion and hard work and focus on the customer and their support for, for me and Hans. And, and finally, and I can include these people as part of our team, our investors, you know, who have been and, and are incredibly supportive. Yeah, and I'm glad Rob picked up on that. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's humbling. And I know it's, that's kind of a, a cringe phrase, you know, from kind of you hear founders say, I'm humbled by this. But, you know, truly, uh, it, it's, it's amazing to me every day how many people are cheering for us from the sidelines. 
Mm. You know, whether it's a customer, whether it's an investor, whether it's somebody that thinks what we're doing is cool and interesting, you know, it's incredible how motivating that is and humbling. You know, uh, it's it it is amazing to me to think that uh, there are so many people that um, have got belief in the same kinds of things that we're believing in, and uh, that is something that I'm grateful for every single day. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, well said, Hans, and it's, um, it really helps on the dark days, you know, when you know you've got so many people that are really literally and, and figuratively um, cheering for you on the sidelines, and uh, it's, um, it's wonderful, so much to be grateful for. That's great to hear, and what a wonderful network of support it sounds like you have in place. Uh, thank you for sharing your story with us here on this InsureTech Australia podcast. And we also wish you all the best. We're excited that you're part of uh, our community here. And we hope that we can indeed uh, contribute in some small way to broadening that network or connecting people with people, uh, which is where it all begins, right? So thanks again. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. We love it. And we're <laughs> delighted to be part of InsureTech Australia. Thanks, Vanessa. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and uh, we're looking forward to our ongoing relationship with InsureTech Australia. Fantastic. And we also have a very close relationship with InsureTech New Zealand. So, uh, you know, friends across the Tasman and that's mm -hmm. always the best way, right? Absolutely. From all the team at InsureTech Australia, thank you for joining our conversation today. We have yet another interesting guest sharing with us next month. Catch you then.